did um I one up you today. Did you do six by mile? Yeah. Do you seven? I did three I did three miles, two miles, one mile. So it's oh, six, yes. but you know. Tempo though, tempo. So Yeah, we we had six by a mile and I had six by a mile at like tempo pace essentially. It was lovely. Well I say tempo pace, it's like if someone said you're doing a one mile tempo, that's what it would be. <laughs> See, for some whatever reason. So I did I did I felt shocking because of this I've had no sleep um for last night, but um I did like five oh six for the three mile and then I did yeah. five oh four for the two mile and then I did five ten for the mile. Interesting. So I, I just I just went at what I felt like was tempo and it just it just uh just yeah, wasn't. Yeah. Actually you know what let's just let's just carry on. Yeah, I'm actually recording already, so this all there we perfect. go. Well, I mean, yeah, we're not doing an introduction today because we're above that and we've already started, so uh, we'll carry on waffling about training. But yeah, so I had six by a mile on grass, uh, minute recovery, doing them in like four forties, like four forty twos ish fastest was a four thought four thirty seven it was on like this rugby pitch i tell you what conditions wembley i mean the wind was dreadful but you should have seen the grass selfie i've never seen anything like it yeah I, the wind was dreadful here as well to be fair it's um I, there's something about doing mile reps on nice nicely cut grass it, it you can't get you can't beat it can you it just feels amazing what were you wearing Difficult. what shoes yeah, the session was biblical. I mean, apart from the weather, it was biblical. I was wearing uh, Hoka Carbon X. Uh, wait, let me have a look. Let me have a look. Um, I've got a little bag. Not that people on Spotify are going to see this, but I've forgotten the name of the model. Um, it was the Hoka Carbon X. After all of that. Um, Just the standard Carbon X. Cheers for that, Rory. Cracking, cracking shoe. Uh, not decent sized midsole for a, for a carbon shoe. Once again, uh, and also, you know, as, as I said in that in that training blog, nice thoughtful shoe. It uh, it takes care of you as well. Does as what well you want it to do. Exactly, and it, weirdly on grass, really good. Like it hasn't got teeth on it or anything. It's pretty smooth bottom, but like did 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 the job. Were you in vaporflies? No, I wore, so you'll find out in the YouTube video. Um, um. But no, I, I wore Turbo 1s, um, which basically are two years old, but my Turbo 2s were too wrecked. My Turbo 1s are destroyed. I'm just waiting to get the tempos or the endorphin speeds, but they're not out yet. So I don't want to buy a new pair. Endorphin speeds, endorphin speeds could be a shout. They look good. Or I might get some Hokers. I'm not sure. Um, everything else has worked wonders from Hawker, so... Um, but yeah, so I was in some torn up, torn to shreds turbo ones, but they're on, I'm not wearing them again now because they're completely shredded. And then I, and then I did four two hundreds, which were absolutely abysmal. Abysmal. Ah, good stuff. Was this on track? Yeah, I did track. Um, so I was, stri- I was striding them, and bear in mind on Saturday after, after a hard session, I did um, two two hundreds, and I hit a twenty five, which felt quite nice. Animal. And I did a 27. I did a 27 pretty much flat out today. And it was just, 
it just you just don't want to you hate to see it basically it was not peaks nice. and troughs peaks and troughs we were we had so in, in the mara session it was like one one way one the other way because like in our group we just that like we have to do that now because if if people do the same corner over and over we just seem to get injured like i mean if, if i turn right too many times i think my calf just gives out um which you know it is ideal so we've been doing the same thing on the track as well it's like um like if we have 16 by 400 providing that there's no one else on the track you know we uh we do 50 50 going going the other ways which is also if anyone is listening um hopefully there's someone listening god if we have no listeners that's a that's a bad deal but uh yeah equalize your reps if you're having problems going a certain way uh just just because it gives gives both sides uh a little bit more strength and lets the body uh work in two different ways yeah, I, I did that for my uh, tempo today because I did the tempo around the track. So I switched ways. So I did the three mile one way and then switched for the two mile and so on. It does, it does help. It, I feel like one side gets so stiff. My left side's the one with all the injuries, all the stiffnesses. And that's obviously because it's working a bit harder, I think, on the inside. Um, just before we get into some of these little questions, I just wanted to say, if no one's seen it, the next percents are now illegal on track. Um, that got announced today. There's a new track um that there's a new regulations with shoes what can be raced on track and road and it's now a 25 millimeter drop is now the biggest stack height for 800 to 10k on track so yeah no more you won't see any more next percents or any more super shoes on the um track for the foreseeable future yeah i'd seen that about the four percent i wasn't too sure about the next percents but that's uh it's a tricky one because, I mean, it was a really weird guideline because I saw them say, like, you're not allowed to wear them for cross-country either. And I was like, well, who, who's got more of an advantage? The kid who's wearing 4% on grass with no traction or the kid in spikes? I mean, obviously, it depends on what course. But like, you'd kind of be stupid to run on, like, a crazy, muddy course in next percent or 4% because underfoot it would just be absolutely harrowing. But a bit of a weird guideline. I bet I bet there is people out there who are doing it. You got it. We've got so many DMs asking, should they wear next percents for eight hundred meters? Uh, no, you shouldn't wear next percents no. for eight hundred meters. Um, just thought I'd answer anyone who's actually curious about that. I probably wouldn't even yeah, suggest wearing for a mile or fifteen hundred or even two miles, three thousand. Um, it's fair enough. That's I guess you can't wear them that, anyway now. <laughs> no, it's true. And uh, shout out Luke Duffy, uh, who who ran his eight eleven in. Um, in his, in his next percent or his four percent, uh, RIP the time trial. Yeah, it um, now doesn't count. Now doesn't, well, I mean, yeah, exactly. So, you know, bless up. 840 conversion, I reckon, around there. 840, 850, <laughs> something along those lines. <laughs> 840, 840 sounds about right, bless him. Uh, yeah. But, no, but it's, on, a, on, a, on a good note, Luke Duffy has now got dragonflies. Um, so his, uh, you know, we will be seeing him tearing it up on the track and as he said jogging a 343 so big up big up Duffy big up Duffy it's gonna happen um so I just want to read off some questions obviously we stuck out on the story uh the first one I think is quite interesting because you were just telling us before this podcast started that you're getting lean and I'm sure if anyone follows also your private Instagram they're also aware of that as well so (laughs) this, this question is what do you eat 
on a typical day? Uh, <laughs> smooth. <laughs> um, but I mean, what do I eat on a typical day? Well, I don't think my diet is something that people should be admirable of or should should you know copy. Uh, it's pretty loose. What one thing that um, is in my diet every single day without fail is iron um, whether that be tablets or, or the liquid iron supplements uh, obviously not as a replacement for food because that would be ridiculous but all I'm saying is that iron something that we as distance runners uh, should not should not neglect because it's probably one of the things that will bring you down when you least expect it uh, in terms of food I mean, I work most days in a coffee shop, so I wake up in the morning, get to work for like half eight, have a bacon sandwich at work with uh, with like a V60 brew, which is a type of coffee, um, maybe maybe a piccolo or cortado, I don't know. A lot of my diet is coffee, uh, I'm not going to lie to you, again, don't quote me on for being like a, for being a massive advantage for running, but I drink a lot of it. Um, and then in terms of, I try and like have brunch bars in between breakfast and lunch because, you know, just, just got to keep fueling as much as possible. Uh, and then lunch wise, I'll, I'll literally have anything like, uh, as long as it's balanced, as long as I feel like it's, uh, it's appropriate for the amount of training I'm doing, then, then I'm eating it. And then favorite meals, like a fat steak with chips. Um, Hundred percent. I don't know about you, Alfie. I feel like you're probably a bit more sensible on the uh, on the diet front. Well, I'd say I'm sensible, but this is also coming from someone who has an underactive thyroid, and I'm currently not being treated for. So that's true. Free Alfie, get that guy some thyroxin. Yeah, I know. I need it. It's such a shame. It's very ironic as well. But we won't get into that. That's that's another <laughs> podcast. But so mine. <laughs> pre-warning: anyone who doesn't have a thyroxin problem you will get fat if you have my diet. So I think I've been blessed with quite a, quite a good metabolism as well because um, I eat an awful amount. So I'll basically, I'll take you through sort of a, a training day. So I'd probably get up. Um, it varies. I either have porridge, like a, when we're talking about my portions, by the way, as well, the imagine your normal runner's portion and then add about half of it again. My portions are ridiculous, um, even for some of these runners. I know we all like to eat quite a lot. but So I'd either have a full bowl of porridge and honey with a banana and some orange juice, or I'd have beans and egg on toast. So that would be three eggs, full tin of beans, and three slices of toast. Um, and I also have some liquid iron in the morning as well. Um, maybe coffee, depending on how I'm feeling. And then between then and lunch, I would have like a banana or some like an apple or any any snack really just to get the carbs in because i try to eat every two two to three hours um but also if i've had beans and egg for breakfast i sometimes have porridge as my snack so and then when it comes to lunchtime which is i probably have normally have lunch about one o'clock i'd have probably pasta peas and tuna it's probably my go-to at the minute um solid again a massive huge portion of everything um, but also if I have my porridge for breakfast that I might have beans and egg and toast for that and then three hours out from a session I tend to have like 
three slices of toast with jam or two slices of toast with jam. And then an hour and a half out from a session, I have a banana and a coffee. And then an hour before my session, I have three Jaffa cakes. And then... Do you actually? Uh, yep. And then after my session, I have a banana and lots of water. Obviously drinking a lot of water throughout the day. And then for dinner, I normally have... I try to get a lot of food in. So like a lot of vegetables, a lot of carbs, a lot of protein. Just everything I can really. Uh, like, I don't know. I quite like spag bol. I know it's not... People have a thing about meat being bad and carbs being bad, but it doesn't really matter if you're a runner. As long as it's not like fatty foods, like unsaturated fats, it's fine. Or saturated. Which I think which? people should uh, stress a, a tiny bit less about what they're eating and just making sure that they are eating enough uh, because there's nothing worse than underfueling because that leads to being unhealthy and, and no one needs that. And as well as getting in like a solid balanced diet, getting in your iron and your B12 and you know all that sort of stuff and making sure that you, your body's working working on full uh more so than anything because there's, there's nothing worse than just being attacked by an iron deficiency completely out of the blue no one, yeah. no one loves to see that it's a lot better to overeat than undereat as well um 100%. it's 100 percent. i've actually got a question for me um has alfie stopped moaning about hills on runs yet uh considering i live in sheffield and it is all hills i do not moan about hills anymore but i wish i could live somewhere flat because uh, it makes a massive difference. That's fair. Yeah, shout out Jason Ward for that question. Great bloke, great bloke. Bit of a question for you, Rory, because I've actually been injured but this season, but how to stay fit while injured and in quarantine? It's a tough one because it depends on what injury we're talking. Um, if it's an injury where you can still cycle and stay aerobically fit, then try and do that if you have access to a bike. Uh, if you can do core while you're injured, if, if your injury doesn't restrict you from doing that, maybe that. But one of the biggest things is if you're injured and your injury is bad and cross-training might not be an option, take the hit with fitness because it means that you're going to get back to steadily cross-training and then running again. I was lucky because I it wasn't like I got – I didn't get misdiagnosed. It was just like I kind of – because no one could see any physios – we were just sort of assuming that it was the worst case scenario. Turns out I wasn't. I just had a bit of a, a tissue irritation in between my calf and shin near post hip. Um, so really, I think if if you if your injury allows you to do stuff like cycle or do core, then that's fantastic. If it doesn't, don't stress about the shape because the most important thing is that you don't prolong your injury and you get back as soon as possible healthy. Yeah, I completely agree. I think. If your injury is preventing you doing certain things, then try and do other things as long as you're not putting pressure on that injury because that's the least thing you want to do because you'll just lose more fitness and it'll take longer to come back. Um, I would suggest, this might sound a bit weird, but doing breathing exercises, especially diaphragm breathing exercises, I've actually never done them, but they do work wonders apparently. So you sort of breathe in using your diaphragm uh, for four to five seconds and then hold to four for four uh, hold for four or five seconds breathe out for four or five seconds and then hold for four or five seconds and repeat um apparently that's really good um other than that don't think about it too much that's the other thing you can your injury can linger 
uh, for more than you imagine because you're you're imagining that it's still there, you're overthinking it. So just try and be, you know, be busy with other things if you can be. Yeah. And also make sure you're eating right to uh, a lot of people like, oh, I'm injured. I'm not running as much. I need to start eating a lot less because I'll put on weight. You need to eat right or else you don't recover. So True just that. make sure True you. That. So moving on to a bit more of a lighthearted question. Yeah. Running with music or without music and then also top three running tunes. Right. So I do all my easy runs by myself. Uh, and that is a lot of time inside your own head. So sometimes I'll, uh, I'll take my aftershocks or my beats on a run with me. I have a playlist on Spotify called 33 Hours that's actually 45 hours. Uh, and I listen to that playlist religiously because it, it, like, it just has all those tunes when you're running that like, you, you forget that you're running kind of thing. Uh, and it's, it's beautiful. It's like there's a mixture of like Kendrick, Kanye, uh, Bit of Drake, Tyler the Creator, ASAP, um, Frank Ocean, Earl Sweatshirt, bit of X, bit of X, X and Tassion. If uh, if I'm feeling that kind of way on a run, uh, but then also on some runs, I'll just listen to Drake the whole time because it gets me way too gassed up on easy runs. So occasionally, yes, I'll run with music because I I don't want to be inside my own head for like an hour and a half on a long run. So I always run with either music or, po- or listen to a podcast. I've sort of gone towards listening to podcasts now. I just find them, like you said, I can't really be like just on your, in your own head for an hour and a half on long runs. And yeah. music sort of, I sort of drown out the music now, um, which is a shame because I used to love listening to music when I'm running, but I've gotten to listen to podcasts a lot more. Um, you weirdly find yourself running too, like if, if a song comes on the like, that gasses you up way too much you start like finding your pace dropping and like completely subconsciously um so so if, if you want to stay easy on an easy run listen to classical music quote from rory leonard and do that just listen to classical music i would yeah maybe I, i'd say my top top three i can't say three i apologize uh, anything from dave i'd listen yeah. to that's great on the run uh, yeah. Especially like eighteen hundred songs like that, amazing. Yeah. Um, and then also quite an odd one is the return by Logic. Fair. That's Fair. it's a banger, especially on runs. And then at the minute, I always pick it up when I'm listening to um, Drake and Future. Uh, what's it called? Yeah, Life but is only good. the first half because the second yeah. half of the song ruins it. That first beat with Drake could be a whole song and. In my opinion, it gets slightly ruined. But yeah. I think my top three would be 444, Jay-Z, uh, part two, Lil Uzi. Maybe Memory Lane by Nas, throwing it back. Um, major, major tune. Also a huge album. Um, so, yeah, that's that's my top three. Um, what Chad other Miller. We got? got a bang, Chad got Miller. Chad Miller. Big up Chad Miller. But yeah, AJ Tracy and M. Hunshow also deserve a shout in that. Um, not that many of you will probably know who they are. Mm. Next question. Uh, yeah, go for it. Best recovery tips. I'll go with that one. Go for it, mate. Go for it. So I am a huge believer in the ice bath. 
I think there's a lot of people and a lot of studies would say it limits adaptations because it reduces the swelling too much. Um, just like if you're in a training block and then have ice baths every day, the effects the training has on your muscles will be reduced apparently. Um, I just feel great. They help me sleep as well. So I think ice baths are great. Um, obviously, stretching is a must. Sleeping, get eight hours, at least eight hours a day. And then also muscle gun. That's probably one of my favorites as well. Just get it, especially on the calves and the glutes. It's a great way to sort of just let loose, really. What about you? Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm quite a, I'm a, a bit of a weird example for recovery. I occasionally roll, not really. I'm, I, I'm the same as you. Love an ice bath. Uh, absolutely love an ice bath. A lot of contrast baths as well. So hop in an ice bath and hot in a hot bath. Hot in a hot, hop in a hot bath. Um, and, and that just to like speed up tissue repair. Um, but then apart from that, like, I'll be honest, I, I'll work it in more as time goes on. But like at the moment, I really don't stretch um, before or after sessions, which is something that I need to work on because it's probably going to bite me at some point. Um, so I, th I think I'm definitely going to start working on like religiously rolling and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so in, in terms of recovery, I just make sure that I'm eating enough and sleeping enough. Um, yeah, that's that's it really for me. Yeah, I think I think sleep's the main thing. You can't if you have a few sleepless nights, like a bit less a bit less of sleep, just like consistently, you feel dreadful. And obviously, again, iron. Make sure you eat them right. Helps a lot. Yeah. Um, an interesting question, which. I don't think I'll have an answer for. Favourite ever pair of trainers? Oh, man. Man, that's... I can... When I started running, I could give you my favourite trainer from, like, the first two years that I ever ran, and that was the Saucony Endorphin, because it was the stupidest shoe at the time. It weighed 88 grams. The thing could, like, bend in half and go past each other on the midsole. Uh, it, it lasted a weirdly long time for a shoe that was 88 grams. Uh, I mean, it was a dangerous shoe because a shoe that weighs that much and has as little on it just screams stress fracture. But like, still, it was my favorite shoe to train in and racing when I started off running. And then looking at things now, I don't really have a favorite shoe. I mean, in terms of long running, you cannot beat like a Hoka Elevon. Like, I feel like a lot of companies have their own shoes. Uh, in my opinion, oh, what's the what's the Nike shoe? Vimeo uh, Peg. Pegasus. Yeah, Mero, I think they're trash yeah, compared think... to Hocker. I'm a Nike guy as well. I, I'm interested Sorry. to try the Endorphin Speeds, Endorphin Shifts. Um, I feel like they'll probably be my favourite shoe if I try them. Uh, but at the yeah. minute. I want to say the Pegasus Turbo too, but the durability of it's just dreadful. Mm. So I'm probably going to have to say... Is it the Brooks Glycerin? Josh Calpithwaite lives by a Brooks shoe, and I've forgotten which one it is. It might be the Glycerin, but like he's he's been buying this shoe for like three years and just like tearing through it in terms of miles. If, and, yeah. if it's the Glycerin, then I'm going to expose him on the next podcast. So... Uh, Josh, if you're actually listening to this and you wear the glycerins, then I'm going to tell everyone what happened in Sterling. I'll just, I'll just leave it at that because the glycerin, I hate that shoe. It's a disgusting shoe. 
it's uh, Brooks. Brooks are great, but the glycerin is a big no-no for me. Some people love it, um, but no chance. It's just too heavy for me. I'm not sure if it's because of the hills, but I can't, like, at the end of a long run, running up some hills near mine, I'd much rather be in, like, a hockey match free or a rick arm. Um, is, it, is it heavy? The yeah, the glycerin's heavy, very heavy. Okay. My eyes. I've, ne- I've never actually used it, um, but... Yeah, and then the the next question we had was tips for how to deal with nerves before a race. I don't know if you, if you want to hit that one up, Alfie. So my mentality isn't very good. Um, it's getting better. I'd just suggest, like the race is actually probably the easiest part because yeah. you've been training for months. And I know that doesn't help. And I know a lot of people say that. So I'm, I'm not going to just leave it there. But I just don't think you should put pressure on yourself. Because everyone has bad races. That's a fact. You can't have good races all your life. And overthinking a race isn't going to help that either. I think you just need to prepare properly. Go through the race in your head. Think about what you're doing. And just make sure you're prepared. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. Because at the end of the day, there's always another race. There's no point going to a race and just being like, if I don't win this race or come come to a certain place, like qualify for a team, then that's it. Because it's not. Um... You just need to, I think a lot of my nerves come from the fact that it's scary to push yourself for that long, mm. which you've just got to do. You're in the sport. If it was easy, everyone would do it. So just, you just got to know that it's, it's going to hurt and you've just got to go with it because everyone else is hurting as well. So it's true. that's probably what I'd say. I'm not really sure if that's very helpful, but. No, that's, I think that's a good way of looking at it. I kind of, I, to a certain degree, I thrive under pressure, and then other times I crumble under it. So I'm, it, it, it's a bit of a weird one. Uh, but I quite, I quite like the build-up uh, before a race, like when, you know, when people are talking about who they think is going to win, who they think is going to do this, that, and the other, and either being left out of that conversation and wanting to prove them wrong. Um, I remember I'm still bitter about the uh, the was it national? I think it was the national. Um, National under twenties, right up. I, I just it, a name wasn't in there. I was crying, like I was fuming, which was so immature to be like annoyed about something like that. But I kind of was, and then I went and won. So at AW for that one, but um, but yeah, no, I think in terms of pre-race nerves, like turn turn those nerves. Uh, I mean, naturally they'll be turned into adrenaline anyway, uh, and just remember that it's normal to be nervous, and that like being nervous for a race isn't a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's going to get converted into positive adrenaline anyway. Um, so, you know, kind of thrive off it. Don't fear it. Yeah, I agree. I think it's like, I'm not sure if, any, if anyone's done sports science, there's like a curve where it's like the amount of anxiety you have and it's like an optimum amount of anxiety because it, like you said, it's adrenaline. Um, just as long as you're not getting to a point where you're being physically sick before races because of how nervous you are, then it's fine. But like Rory said, I think you've just got to embrace nerves as well. Um, but obviously also there's plenty of psychologists out there as well. If, if you actually do need that sort of help. So maybe go see a psychologist depending on how bad it is. And remember um, that you enjoy it. You're doing it because you enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. Um, just a quick one then before we finish this podcast up, because obviously we want to keep it short is uh, pink or green next percent. 
What are you going for? I had a pink pair and I loved them. Uh, raced armour in them. I've always been a fan of probably pink. Uh, I, I think we've both seen Jake Smith run that. Uh, was it was it the big half? He yeah, wore the big yellow half. and green ones. That was a solid look. So it was. shout out Jake Smith for the solid look. Also shout out for running twenty eight flat time trial. But uh, yeah, I'd probably I'd probably say pink. Sure, it's got to be pink. Yeah, hundred percent. It's just not really even a question, is it? The green. They've got they've they've opted for the green a lot recently, Nike, and I just. It's not. I'm not a fan of it. Stop pushing green. Yeah. Stop pushing green. Just, just stick to the Tokyo colorways. It's a lot better. That's true. Lot better. Even the Rio colorways were hard. Like oh. a pair of. Oh, actually, no. Ignore me. Oh, what are you saying? Next percent, like the yellow goes into pink at the front with like a white tick or something, or is it a black tick on the Rio spikes? White tick. White. I can't, I can't really remember. I've never actually had a pair of Rio colorway stuff. Never had Yellow one. into pink, black, yeah. That would be a hard next percent colour. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan of the new black ones either, to be honest. I kind of I kind of prefer, like, I, this is going to sound bad because we've all we've been speaking about, but the, the Ciccone and Hoka do a better job of designing shoes than, like, maybe not the new shoes, but, like, those, the Tokyo colorway looks amazing, but some of the Hoka stuff, like, you've got the... Uh, Elevons in such a nice colorway, and also the uh, Clifton's are a new amazing colorway. And the Endorphin. Obviously, I have a bias in a certain degree, so I might as well be pretty front up about that in the podcast. But like, I've just found that Hoka are a really thoughtful company in the way that they make their shoes uh, because they've got such a wide range of options, whether that be for easy runs, whether that be for races or sessions, even spikes. like the shoes are built for people who are running miles and I feel like sometimes potentially other companies not naming any names neglect that it is a running shoe it, you're not just making money from it by the people who are buying your shoes have to like crush these miles on it and I think companies like Asics and Brooks really prioritize that uh, and, I, and I think you know obviously Nike and Adidas do as well I just think that's, that sometimes some shoes get released or some shoes get changed. Like for me, uh, I thought the Pegasus, like, I think it was the 35. When they released the 35, I was a little bit like, that looks really minimal for a long run shoe. And I'm not sure whether, like, that is what the Pegasus is supposed to look like. It's like, they advertised one of the pegs as being, like, lighter and faster. And it's like, I'm, I'm wearing this Pegasus because I want to stay injury free and get my miles done in it. Yeah, I think. Obviously, coming from someone who's always been... A, I've been, literally been Nike for life. I love Nike. But I've, I've always had, been Nike as well. I've had to transition away from the pegs and the Vermeros. I just... They just don't get on well with me. The, honestly, the best Pegasus ever, probably the 31 or 32. Um, so much better. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I don't really know. The, the Nike is... The great performance shoes are amazing, but anything else, it's not really up to scratch for me, really. It's a tough one because Nike are currently going through a phase where they're really like pushing running, which I think is so cool because obviously with the likes of Kipchoge and some of the projects they've put on, they've brought the sport forward 100%. But Nike go through waves where they go through like a decade of pushing one sport, a decade of pushing another sport. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see how long they do push running for because I know that Nike pulled out a lot of specialty uh, retailers like two or three years ago 
in the UK just completely out of the blue and they've they've shortened the amount of uh, accounts that they that they give uh, product to and you know most of it's just sold online or in outlet stores now so it's kind of that was a weird one for me like seeing that they were pulling out quite a lot of running specialty kind of a shame but I don't know. It'll be interesting to see the way that running goes and running companies go because I think Nike is always going to be the biggest player because they are pushing the sport forward a lot more than anyone else is. And I yeah. think like full credit to Nike on that because they're releasing these spikes now that everyone's going crazy over, and they're going to be really good spikes. The next percents and whatever carbon shoes Alpha flies in the future are going to probably be the best of any brand. I don't. I don't know if there's any way to really, really argue with that unless. Unless some crazy technology gets released by another company, I just I just think Nike are going to be two years ahead of everyone else. Yeah, I'm really worried for any athlete who's not a Nike athlete for this track season and next track season. Obviously, they could still run amazing times, but I don't think other big company will release another spike as revolutionary as what Nike's trying to do this year for another two years, like you said. Um, yeah. We've almost seen to neglect track spikes in the past. Um, but yeah, so sort of just finished the podcast here then. I just wanted to quickly touch on the, just obviously, if anyone saw our story about the copyright issue, um, basically from when the account was a lot smaller and it was actually before I knew anything about Instagram or anything like that, we used some Diamond League pictures and also some footage uh, flying around. So we got asked to take that down and it was just a, it's all resolved now, hopefully. And they were, they were nice about it, nice enough about it to warn us about it and stuff like that. So yeah, it's all sorted now, hopefully. And, um, We'll, we're going to avoid posting anything to do with Diamond League or anything like that in the future, um, unless we obviously get permission from photographers and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, we never meant to do any of that maliciously or anything like that. You know, we were just trying to, we were just po posting photos and we hadn't realised the, uh, the extent of what it was. So, um, yeah, we'll be a little bit more thoughtful in the future of stuff like that. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening, guys. Cheers.